Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. And our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning through discussing real issues and offering real solutions. And tonight, I'm very excited to welcome back a guest we've had before, Jody Congdon, who is the founder and owner of Hip to Heart, a birth and postpartum doula agency in Boston. Good evening. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. So you could say that Jody is obsessed with all things birth, parenting, and babies. I think that goes for all of us who work in the industry. <laughs> um, and she loves to learn and strives for expertise in her field. And I will tell you, she's also very giving to those of us in this field and shares that knowledge in an amazing way. She is a trained labor doula and childbirth educator, as well as a certified lactation educator and postpartum doula. She's also a member of the Kappa faculty as a postpartum doula and lactation education trainer for the New England area. In addition to training doulas, she helps birth professionals create a strategy to grow their business and plan for implementation. And I know that the people that I've sent her way have really loved what she offers. So that's great. She resides in the Boston area with her husband, three lovely daughters. The last two were home births, rock on, and two cats and a dog. And tonight, in honor of World Doula Week, we're going to kind of dig into one aspect of what Jody does, because at the heart of it, this is why, this is a huge part of why we all do what we do. And that's supporting and providing care in support of maternal mental health. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk around that. Um, we're going to actually be doing a lot of talking around that this spring. We have multiple guests that we're going to address that whole topic, not just yes. because of World Doula Week, but because it's so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us really feel strongly. It's not talked about enough. Right, um, right. And I think now more than ever, it's we're seeing the effects of just the pandemic and, you know, whether it's post pandemic or whatever, whatever we're in now, um, we have a lot of clients who had early pandemic babies and now we're pregnant again. And the anxiety from the first time is moving over into now, even though we're in a much better place um, or we're moving into a much better place. So we're, it, it's been, it's been two years of a lot of extra, extra from birth doulas, postpartum doulas, anyone in the perinatal community, um, you know, for these families. Yeah, it really has. And I think, I think ultimately we're not really going to understand the impact of that for many years, just like with many things in our world, you know, in the moment we just got to deal with now. Right. Right. And And I think what's, what's going to happen too, I foresee happening is, 
when it's, you know, over or ending, you know, we're going to move on, but the people who are affected are going to have lasting effects and, and possibly kind of be forgotten about, you know, cause we're so in a rush to just move on to the next thing that they're still going to need care and assistance. And I mean, right now it's, you know, for anyone, at least in my area for mental health, it's like a nine or 10 month waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our inpatient services are months on the waiting list. And if you need care now, if you are suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety now, I mean, you need it now. You don't need it. I mean, you don't, it's not, we're in not a good spot. Um, and I'm speaking for, you know, the boss in the New England area, but even day programs are, you know, two, three, four month waiting lists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's tough. So doulas are, are being, called on more than ever for just the support and the, you know, the, the education. And we definitely do a lot of counseling around, um, you know, prenatal postpartum, um, depression and anxiety, you know, to our, our best ability. And we do a lot of referring out too, but now, I mean, our, our referrals are, are texting back and saying that we just can't. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And the ones that are physically there, you know, with them and, um, whether it's via text or FaceTime or, you know, in their home or whatever that looks like. Um, it's, 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 we're, we're needed now more than wanted. We're needed. Right. And I will say, I'm hearing that not just from you in new England, I'm hearing that from people in markets all over the Everywhere. country. Yeah. Um, that it just is, it's a huge, huge need. And that's one of the reasons why with our newborn care specialists, we tell them, it is so important to consider taking postpartum doula training because it is such a good complement. Mm-hmm. You know, the two trainings, they overlap, but they also yep. have different aspects of them to it and different focuses. And I think postpartum doula training, at least in my experience, did such a good job of talking about this and gave us ideas, gave me, me mm-hmm. who talks all the time, gave me ideas of better ways to talk. Yeah. In order to get our clients to talk because right. of course, you know, we're not count, we're not medical professionals. Right, right, right. We can only do so much. But I think sometimes society undervalues just the impact that a compassionate listening human being can sometimes do. Sometimes you don't even need to say a lot. It's just the listening and it's the validation and the empathy that someone needs. And, you know, I find a lot that clients, you know, they just need to be heard and not by a partner, not by a friend, because sometimes the things that they're saying seem silly to them or trivial to them, or it, they know what answers or or what feedback they're going to get from the general public. And they need someone like a doula or a birth professional who has that ear and knows why they're upset about one tiny little detail about a birth um, where someone else might be like, you know, you have a healthy baby. What does it matter? Like we know that it matters and we know how much it impacts, you know, your ability to like move on from that and then start parenting. Um, So just having that listening ear and even if it is virtual, I mean, even if it is on, you know, FaceTime or on phone or whatever, um, you know, if you can't get to someone's house, it, it really does make a huge difference. And we can also be that bridge 
for family members or partners um, to kind of help them understand why something would be upsetting or why, you know, this birth parent would have trouble moving past, um, even they even though they do have a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we understand different than other people. Um, so it's, yeah, it's sometimes just listening, mm-hmm. Absolutely. but it's, it's, it's so complex and it's so important. Yeah, it really is. And that's part of what I loved about my postpartum doula training was helping me understand the importance of that, but also helping me understand ways to formulate questions that mm-hmm. provide and make it make a safe space for someone to answer. And, and those questions being so just kind of open, like, give me, it's not the, give me the right answer. It's just, here I am. You can talk. Yeah. And And sometimes just hearing themselves say it out loud. Mm -hmm. They they need nothing else, but that, um, because it either validates it for them that those feelings are important. Um, or they say it out loud and they're like, you know what? Like I can move on. Like, I don't need to be, you know, harping on this specific thing. So, um, yeah, and sometimes it's just, you know, hearing themselves say it or feeling, you know, safe to say it mm-hmm. and then they can move on. Absolutely. I love that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of the role that a doula plays in a house. Maybe our audience isn't as familiar. Let's talk a little bit about kind of what they do and why those things are supportive, why those things are helpful for sure. parents post-birth. I mean, I think one of the first things I always say to prospective clients is that, you know, my job is to prioritize, you know, that birth parent for, you know, physical healing, but also feeling mentally and emotionally well, making sure they're eating enough, staying hydrated, sleeping enough, because it really is the trickle down effect. If they're not feeling well, then, you know, sometimes things, everything else doesn't go well. And you know, I want them to come home or if they're, you know, already home, I want them to start parenting on the best foot possible. So, you know, having them rest, relax, bond with baby, make sure feeding's getting off to a good start and let everything else that they might have to do be taken care of by someone else, whether it's the doula or the partner or the family, um, and really prioritize that first few weeks of just bonding and getting to know this other person and getting to know your new self, right? You're a whole new person after having, even if it's your fourth kid, you know, you've evolved yet again into something different. Um, And then for our first time parents, just the education piece, you know, how do you swaddle a baby? You know, what is sleep supposed to look like? You know, how do you soothe a baby? How can you tell if they're hungry versus, you know, just needing to suck on something, you know, kind of helping them decipher all of those things with their baby. You can read all the things that you want to read, but your baby might be different than, you know, what the books are telling you or what the average baby is doing. So, you know, getting to know your baby too, that's, you know, part of the bonding process and really just starting off with confidence and, you know, empowerment and bringing the partner in, you know, right away or, or anyone in the family that's going to be helping and teaching them, you know, how to be supportive of that new parent. Because I think, you know, if you're not a doula or if you didn't talk to a doula, you might think you're being helpful, um, but you're not, you know, definitely doing the laundry is helpful, but that might not be what that person needs. So, you know, it's a lot of just physical stuff around the house, even just holding the baby while the parent, you know, gets up, has a meal, showers, and then you're figuring out the time management piece. You know, that's hard for some people. Um, 
so it's just a mix of just mental, emotional, physical, time management, organization. And, you know, we even hop in the car with clients and go to the pediatrician with them or go to the OB with them or therapist. I've been to countless therapists with clients. And what's lovely is they can have their baby close to them, someone that they trust, you know, if they have to feed or whatever. A lot of times I just sit right in the room, you know, they talk, I'm holding the baby. If the baby needs to feed, great. But I'm also part of the conversation. So now I'm taking what the therapist and the client have talked about. And of course, with everyone's consent. And then we're making sure that when we're home, we're putting all of that stuff into play. We're remembering, um, you know, what the therapist said and making sure that we have just a solid game plan for when they're not talking to the therapist, when the doula is not there, whoever's with them, you know, sort of just this continuation of care. And, um, you know, I get a lot of referrals from mental health professionals, you know, in addition to OBs and midwives, but they see these clients before they, you know, connect with a doula, whether they're pregnant or, you know, newly had a baby. And they sort of realize that what would be so helpful would be doula care in some capacity. So, you know, I send clients to them, they send patients to me, it's, it's very much a back and forth, um, you know, uh, networking relationship, but it's nice when we can all come together and take care of, you know, a, a client together. It's this comprehensive, you know, care model that I love. Yeah. Now you mentioned some really great things and I, I want to give just a couple of tiny examples from my own personal experience. Cause I had support after my children were born. Um, I didn't think I was going to need it. I thought I'm a birth professional. I can rock this. No, I needed right. it. And thankfully I had somebody that I trusted who was able to step in and provide that support when I needed it. But you mentioned like, sometimes it's just a tiny little thing. And maybe we think doing laundry is great, but what they really need is something else. Mm-hmm. And so I, for example, I don't mind folding laundry. So if somebody I, washes it, I'll I fold it. it all day long <laughs> and I can sit and do that. Right. But what I couldn't do was get up and wipe off my kitchen counters. And my sofa was at just the exact level that I could see across my counters. And I thought I was going to lose my mind because my counters were dirty. And the person who was helping me one day saw me looking and said, what are you looking at? And I said, well, the counter from that point on, my counters were spotless Mm -hmm. every day. It's amazing how much stress something that little takes off. What seems little like to someone else might be a huge deal. I mean, I remember um, years ago, I had a client who what was important to her was showering every morning and blowing out her hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, do we really, need, in my head, do we really need to do that? Like, it's kind of a waste of time. You have a brand new baby. Like I can think of so many other things that, you know, we could be doing. That is what got her up and, and, and made her feel good for the day. So, I mean, I'm not, it doesn't matter, even though I wouldn't do that. That's not my priority. That's your priority. So that is now my priority for you to teach you how to, you know, get that into your morning in a way that it's not stressful. You know, we feed you breakfast, you feed the baby, we put the baby in a seat in the bathroom and you shower. And so whatever plan feels the best for them and, and makes them feel good for the day that's what we're doing. Doesn't matter if, you know, I think it's important. It's, it was important to her. Um, right. So you're right. You know, I could say as your doula, like who cares about your counters, but you do like, mm-hmm. and that's all that matters is that you feel, you know, good about your space. And if it means clean counters, then we'll wipe your counters for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's a simple little thing. 
Right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is you brought up a great point about going to appointments with people. Yeah. A lot of times people don't realize that that's a, a thing. Mm-hmm. And again, as a personal example, when I had my daughter, so I had the same person come back. That's the other thing that's wonderful about doulas is you, if you're smart, you plan ahead. Yep. And when you know you're pregnant with another child, you get a hold of that. Doula. Our second time family is 10 months in advance. Oh yeah, I did too. Hey honey, I'm pregnant. Literally the very next phone call was, are you available next? It's week? funny. Cause they're like, I haven't even told my mom yet. And I was oh, like, yes, oh, totally. I feel so special. <laughs> exactly. And so I had the same person come back and I had a very difficult birth with my, ch- with my daughter. Um, and at the risk of, I don't want to get into all the details, but I hemorrhaged. And so I had to go to the hospital every day for two weeks to have a, an IV medication, two different medications. One was a shot, one was an IV medication and then monitoring for several hours. And I was in the oncology department having this done at the hospital. So my care provider came with my daughter to the hospital and sat in the waiting room with my daughter, holding my daughter. And then every time she needed to eat, I would get up with my little pole And I put my bathrobe on and go out to the waiting room, would nurse my daughter, and then go back into the oncology department. And Mm -hmm. she did that for me every day. Yeah. And supported me like that. I could not have done that without her support. And it would be so stressful if you had to leave your brand new baby home. You know, it's there. Yeah. I mean, to be able to go take care of yourself first, because what we do as parents is we totally bypass all of our needs to be home with a brand new baby. Obviously we want to, you know, keep up the breastfeeding relationship if we're breastfeeding, but like, I know you had to do that, but if it was something optional for a new parent, there's a good chance they wouldn't put themselves first because it would be a huge hassle to have their baby with them. Um, You know, and this is a whole other topic, but you know, caring for yourself, it's sometimes we think it's selfish and society thinks we're selfish, but you put your own oxygen mask on first, right? If you don't put your own on and you're trying to put on your kids when you can't breathe, we're all gone, right? Um, so you have to take care of yourself first and, and be your best self first to be the best, you know, for everybody else and for, for yourself too. But um, yeah, I mean, to have someone be with you so you could do your thing that you needed and not be separated from your baby is, I mean, invaluable. Yeah, the reality is had she not been there to support me like that, I very likely would not have had a successful nursing relationship with Mm -hmm. my baby. And I, that was critically important to me. And because of that, I was able to maintain that and ultimately nurse my child for an entire year. And that is something that I very likely would have lost without that support. And I think that's one of those things that people don't always realize is how supportive a doula can be in that kind of situation. They are there to support, obviously, whatever decision the parent makes around feeding. But I wasn't able to nurse my first child successfully. So it was even more important to me the second time around. And without that support, I don't think it would have happened. Right. And then if you choose yourself first and your nursing relationship, you know, falls apart, the guilt that we feel. Um, and that stays, I mean, that stays with us. And then that spirals into more, you know, um, maternal mental health, poor outcomes. And, and so, I mean, doulas are, are 
clutch for many reasons, but you know, one of them is helping with that, you know, feeding relationship and um, a lot of parents that is, is their top priority, you know, foregoing like their own, um, you know, well-being, which there has definitely been, you know, times where clients, you know, their mental health suffers for the, the, the successful breastfeeding journey. And, um, you know, we don't want that to happen either. So even having your doula there to be the eyes and ears of, you know, the maternal mental health piece and, and making sure that we are not hearing or seeing, you know, any kind of red flags. Um, but when we have clients who, you know, above all else want to breastfeed, and their mental health is being affected, then we have to kind of have that conversation with them. You know, what's more important? You know, you, you have to be your best self. You know, how can we kind of figure out a plan so everyone's happy and healthy? And I think, you know, clients are so appreciative of that. You know, they don't realize that they can do something in the middle. It doesn't have to be, you know, all or nothing. And, you know, even with everything, with cloth diapers, with glass bottles, I mean, with breastfeeding, with everything. It doesn't have to be choose one or the other. We always can help you make a plan where you have a little bit of everything you want. So everyone, you know, everyone's needs are taken care of. Um, and a lot of clients are pleasantly surprised that, you know, you can have all the things, um, but happy that we're there to support them and help them create that plan. Um, that's optimal for everyone. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so I, you mentioned earlier, working with other providers and you talked about being present at appointments. Um, what else can you think of around that that would be great for our audience to know about how a doula can help support a client um, when they are seeing other providers? Well, we're just, we're that bridge of care where, you know, the person that remembers some of the things, I mean, as a brand new parent, you're probably tired, you know, you probably have so many questions and if you don't write them all down, which a lot of us don't, um, you forget to ask or you don't remember the answers. So, you know, as the doula, when you're at an appointment with a client, you can be the one who holds the list, remind them to ask their questions. And you can also, you know, have your there's always a lot of controversy around this. Like, do we verbally advocate for clients? Do we step in and speak for them? Um, I don't speak for my clients, but I am the first person to remind them of what they want to say, what their wishes are, um, and to make sure that their provider is hearing them, listening to them, taking their, you know, um, opinion into consideration. And then, you know, if it doesn't happen like that, coming back together with my client and saying, you know, how did you feel about that? You know, how did you feel about that interaction? You know, it seems like you, there might be someone better out there for you. Um, and just helping them figure all that out because there's nothing worse than seeing a provider stomp all over a client. I've seen it a hundred times and then they feel defeated and then they're second guessing, you know, what their wishes are. Um, so again, I don't speak for clients, but I will absolutely kind of step in and, and, make sure a conversation goes the way that my client wants it. And if it doesn't, we evaluate together later. Um, but yeah, you're just, you know, and you're also creating relationships with these practitioners, showing pediatricians, showing OBs, showing, you know, anyone else, just how important the support is for their client, whether it's, you know, a doula or someone else, um, you know, all of the things that we can do for them, that we can help them with, you know, that we're kind of pushing them forward as new parents. And, um, you know, you'll hear over and over again. I mean, I still hear it. 
oh, I, I knew there was a labor doula, but I didn't realize that there was postpartum doula too. Um, and I'm like, oh, you know, we still have so much work to do with educating the community, but one by one, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in front of these, these, um, providers and they're learning about the support that we give. And then they're referring us left and right. Um, you know, even with pediatricians, they meet a lot of people while they're pregnant, even their brand new, you know, patients with babies, um, breastfeeding support, support at home. Um, so it's, it's just a, bridging a lot of the needs of their patients or clients that they can't provide and they know that we can, or we have a ton of resources for them. Absolutely. We have talked about a ton and it just feels like we just touched on the tip. I know. I know. It's never enough time. Never enough time. Yeah, there's never enough time. Um, so before we kind of wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Um, no, I think just, you know, the, the, the public education piece of postpartum doula care, like I said, labor doulas and, you know, birth doulas are, are front and center more, I think, than we are. Um, but just educating the public on the importance of, of new families having that support and, you know, not being of the mindset in a lot of our grandparents, um, you know, because they did it themselves. Um, they don't see the need for support, um, you know, for, for new parents. And, and there is a great need, you know, most of us don't have a village and especially in this country, like we don't stay home and move into a three family house with our grandparents, our aunts, our, our uncles, we go off to college and, you know, we're expected to get a job, get an apartment, you know, buy a house, raise a family. Um, and especially through COVID when people's families weren't able to travel, um, you don't have to do it alone. And if you don't have a village, we are your village. You know, we become your village. And even though it's a unjudgmental third party paid village, that's the best kind sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It can be. That's fine. <laughs> right? No, I love that. Um, so thank you so much for joining us tonight, Julie, or J J Julie, Jody. <laughs> I'm having a moment here. I was looking down at my thing and my notes and totally messed up. Um, but I am so excited that we could have you on in honor of World Doula Week. Um, for those of you who are in our audience that might be interested in learning more about either having a doula or maybe even becoming a doula, we're going to post some information in the feed so you can learn about that because Jody is a doula trainer. Yeah. Um, with good time to be a postpartum doula. I swear we cannot keep up with right. potential client inquiries. There are more, there is more need than there is right now doulas. Um, so yes, it is. It's a, doula, it's a doula market right now. It definitely is. Yeah, definitely. So we'll post all that information in the feed. We'll also post links to our information in the feed because yes. we are, many of our classes are approved by Kappa for ongoing education for postpartum doulas. Yep. We have multiple courses that now are approved by Kappa. We yep. love that. Um, and it's been a really fantastic symbiotic relationship. So if you have any questions around postpartum doula training or finding a postpartum doula, please put them in the, the feed and tag Jody or tag Newborn Care Solutions, and yep. we'll make sure that you get answers. 
Lots of my colleagues are around the country. So if someone's looking for a doula, I can help you. I can help connect you with doulas wherever you are. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. And if you're wanting to rewatch this segment or catch any of our other Real Talk episodes or access any of our other educational content, go to newborncaresolutions.com and click on the education tab. You can also find all of our Real Talks on our YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us and have a great night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sakowitz.